This is my true love, The Office. There could be no better thing to talk about. Welcome back to That's What They Said. Listen, people, get your spit take ready, put on your turtleneck to feed the birds, and get to the conference room stat, because it's time for the podcast where a father and son analyze the greatest show ever, The Office, and give you a take on it like you've never heard before with me. I'm. Oh, by the way, my name is David Yaz. With me is my son, Griffin, and quite a thrill to be uh, doing a podcast with my son who just found out in this very studio, you should know this, listeners, after we recorded the last episode, he found out about a certain college that he was admitted to. I won't say it because not everybody needs to know your business. No, but it was great news. But it was great news. We shared it immediately after an episode of That's What They Said. And so... And I think that means everyone should have to come into the studio to get the good karma that we got going on in here. That's right. College-bound kids, if you're still waiting to hear from schools, Griff's still waiting to hear from a couple... Coming to the Pod 617 Studios, Westwood, Mass. By the way, if you want your own podcast, go to pod617.com for all the info. And even if you want to do it remotely, and if you're still quarantined, as we record this, we're still in a quasi-quarantine because of that stupid coronavirus thing, but we do everything remotely. Go to pod617.com to get started. Okay, end of plug. So what we do here on the show is we analyze a particular episode of the office we break it down all kinds of categories but what we're doing is we're counting down the top 10 and so this we are now sort of in the middle of a two-part episode we are at number this is number six on our list number six on the list okay number six on the list so tell us where we have come from start with number 10 and take us down number 10 10 on the list our first episode was basketball Mm-hmm. Then number nine on our list was Company Picnic. Mm-hmm. Then came The Injury. Then the, the Inevitable Dinner Party. Oh, yeah. And then last episode was Stress Relief Part 1. So no surprise here that we're going to Stress Relief Part 2 today. So assuming you all listened to last episode, basically what happened in Stress Relief Part 1. In Part 2, I'll give you a little rundown on the plot, Michael decides the workers are stressed because they're reluctant to express their feelings. So he organizes a comedic roast of himself in the warehouse. One of the subplots is Dwight needs to trick his employees into signing this letter of regret because he's been disciplined by corporate. Corporate, yeah. Yeah, this goes back to when he started the fire. Cut the the face off the dummy. (laughs) And he cut the face off the dummy and all that. Michael Michael is uh, despondent after the roast because during the roast, his employees give him the business like crazy. Like he, he gets he gets roasted like in a really mean-spirited way. He retreats to a playground to try to feed the birds or something, and then later returns and kind of makes nice with his employees. They all have a laugh. Michael roasts them at the end. And that's pretty much the episode, right, Griff? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's go. Should we go straight into the categories? So what, what we do, by the way, is I should let you answer. Are we ready for the categories? Oh, no. There's one thing that we want to get to first. We're going to add a segment here. It's called Suggestion Box, as they would do sometimes in the office. As Michael tried to start in the office. Right. And, right. And he, he pulled it out way too uh, late. And one of, the, one of the comments was, what are we going to do prepare for Y2K? And it was like 2006. And then there was Michael. another one where it was like, we should deal with um, d- people's mental illnesses here. <laughs> Depression. And right. it was signed by... Oh, that's a great trivia question. What was his name? I have no idea. But he was the guy that ended up killing himself. (laughs) (laughs) That's what you call dark humor, people. Yeah. And so, but we're going to have our own suggestion box where, by the way, if you would like to contact us, go to pod617.com, check out 
that's what they said. And there's a way to contact us, send us emails, send an email directly to me, David at pod617.com. But you'll see some posts on, on Facebook. If you join the Boston Podcast Network Facebook group, you'll see them and we'll deal with your feedback, whether correct or incorrect. One of the things we want to do now in the segment, though, is clean up stuff that that came up last week or previous weeks or whatever. Right. This has happened multiple times where we've got off the air and we've been like, oh, my God, we should have mentioned that in the episode. That's such a great little like factoid or something that we that we missed. Exactly. It happens to all of us. It's when you're driving home after recording the podcast, you remember the stuff. So, Griff, you had pointed out something unusual about the episode. Right. Last time I said my hot take was that it was the the most expensive episode ever. Like I thought that just my own opinion that it was going to be one of the most expensive episodes ever recorded. And then it turns out, it turns out, well, you said that because first of all, in, in the cold open, which we discussed at ad nauseum last week, they destroyed the office during the simulated fire that, that Dwight concocted, but also they had to hire these actors. They got uh, Jack Black. Thank you. Jack Black, Cloris Leachman, Jessica Alba for this little sort of weird fake movie subplot. And so you said most expensive ever. Turns out this episode aired after the Super Bowl. Now, for those that know a little something about TV, that every year, the whatever they put on after the Super Bowl, that is a coveted slot. Sometimes they use it to launch new shows. The A-Team was fam- famously launched after a Super Bowl. And so The Office got this coveted slot, thanks to NBC, and wanted to bring in viewers that maybe didn't know about The Office. Right. So that's why they brought in like Jack Black and- They really went all out. They went all out and it worked. It was the most watched episode of The Office. Of all time. Of all time. Including like the finale, including like the later episodes when it even became more well-established. It's still the most popular episode of all time. This was the one. All right. So when we do categories, we'll do best lines. We'll do trivia. We'll pick our MVP and sleeper. We'll do shooting it where we- poke some holes in the episode. We'll do our George Foreman Grill Hot Take of the Week, and we'll award a Dundee. We may even give you a deleted scene in there somewhere. So, But let's start with best lines. We're going to try to whittle down the episode to the simply best lines there are. It's going to be hard, but I know you're going to be satisfied. That's what she said. Yeah, that's right. Okay, Griff, you want to start with I'll best start lines? I'll start here. Yeah. Thanks for that intro. We uh, <laughs> no In the first part, in the cold open, I think it is, that... Michael says that he wants to have this roast, that mm-hmm. everyone is stressed out because they can't say how they really feel about Michael, so he wants to get everything off uh, off their chest. And he makes fun of Oscar in the in the when he's saying what a roast is. Yes, and yes, yes. says like si senor, which is like a like overtly racist like yeah, term. I think it's a it's a callback to Victor Borg or some old comedian, but nevertheless, you're right. Completely racist. And because of that, Oscar goes to like a little side interview, right. and he says, "I consider myself a good person, but I'm gonna try to make him cry." <laughs> yeah, in the roast, that's great. Which uh, yeah. funny line from him? Yeah, um, absolutely. Then, when Michael is talking about the roast itself, mm-hmm. he has to write down a note to himself. Do you remember what the note is? I have to remind my uh, to. To call YouTube. To- <laughs> right. I got to make sure YouTube comes down to tape this. That was one of mine. That's great. This, these, these were the days. This aired originally in, I want to say 2009. We'll look that up. But this was the in kind of in the early days of YouTube, but it was, yeah, 2009. But of course, Michael thinks that you have to call YouTube the company he to thinks, record things. He's addicted to YouTube. In fact, there was a different, different episode where he said 
they were talking about wasting time and is that the memo episode like he would send out spam no no i'm talking about the business ethics episode he he and holly do a conference yes and he admits that he wastes company time and he says when youtube first came out i didn't do anything for like three weeks or something like that (laughs) but apparently he still thinks youtube is some some company that has like a camera crew that can down and shoot he doesn't understand youtube okay and cool. then my final one you're gonna have to play the scene because the okay. delivery is great it's jack black it's yep. at the end when he's t- asking lily to please stay even though he lied to her oh that was on my list too yep. and yep. he says it's the reverse button scene and then yep. and then you have to also listen for his like cry at the end because it's, it's just great acting it's classic jack black right so this is this is the subplot is that Andy has downloaded illegally a movie that hasn't even come out in the theaters yet, and the writers of the office shrewdly cooked up this thing where Jack Black, Cloris Leachman, and Jessica Alba would do this fake movie, which they watch, and and the the, the plot is ridiculous because Jack Black has decided he's in love with his girlfriend's mom, played by the no offense Cloris Leachman, the elderly Cloris Leachman. And uh, here you go. But right, here's the, right, yeah. in this scene, actually, she's on, what is that? Like So great point. Yeah, we should talk about this a bit. They used to have these things for elderly people. And in some places, I'm sure they still do. It's a mechanical seat where on floor one, you would get in the mechanical seat and you would push the button. It would take you up to the second floor. It's for people that can't navigate stairs. And uh, so, yeah, what happens here, yeah, is Cloris Leachman is in the chair. Right. Right. And so she goes up and Jack Black delivers like this whole spiel. Like, I don't care what my friends say. I don't care about anything. Like, I just want to be with you. And she starts going down towards him again after she had pressed the button to go up. And you slowly figure out that she's not coming down because she wants to be with him. She's going down because like it's it's malfunctioning (laughs) and then once she gets all the way back down to the bottom she hits it again to go back up the stairs and she's not looking at him (laughs) and then jack black delivers this great line here we go let's take a listen you dumped my granddaughter and it's not that you want children it's It's that you lied to me it's way ahead of this can't you see that can't you see oh never trust you lily no lily lily please Lily, stop! I don't care how much time we have left. I don't care what my friends say. And I don't care what your mom thinks. <laughs> Frankly, I'm pretty sure she's not making any sense. Please, move back to my apartment. <laughs> That's Andy getting choked up. So she's coming back down. We think on purpose at first. But they play this uplifting music. Right, it's an air supply song. I'm not giving up. I'm not giving up. The chair's going back up now. Lily! Push the reverse button! <laughs> reverse the button! <laughs> <laughs> it's just quintessential Jack Black. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, just just brilliant, <laughs> just brilliant. Yeah, we were lament. I I lamented last week that the office could have used Jack Black better. They could have had him in the office, but I don't know. That was pretty. Brilliant. Well, we did find out when we researched a little bit that they didn't really want to rely on guest stars. Right. We yeah we found that that was one of the rules of the office, which they broke 
like much later in the series when D'Angelo they brought, Vickers and right and they brought in like Jim Carrey and Ray Romano for cameos but at this point they wanted to keep the show kind of honest meaning no crazy guest stars like hey all of a sudden Will Smith shows up on the office like they didn't do that but they came up with this clever way of doing it to creating this movie within a, within a TV show are you getting any other lines no that's it you're, that's what are it. yours so one of them was Michael was you stole my one about YouTube, so but Thank good you. on you. Yep. But so Michael is talking about Michael watch watches these celebrity roasts on Comedy Central, which there were these this this used to be a big thing, like in like the Dean Martin celebrity roast. They actually brought it back, like within in recent years, and like there was the roast of like Shaquille O'Neal mm-hmm. and Jeff Ross has become this comedian who's made a, a living out of doing these celebrity roasts. But anyways, in the old days, it was Frank Sinatra and Dean Martin and Sammy Davis, and Michael is obsessed with this, and he wants to have his own roast. It's the premise of this very episode. But he's telling Daryl about how what used to happen in these <laughs> I roasts. I get where you're going with this. Yeah, and he's like, he's like, I could do the finger guns, and I, I'm going to need to to alcohol, and I'm going to need to drink. I'm going to need to do a spit take. And Daryl has no idea what he's talking about. And then at the end, Michael says, what else can I do when I'm laughing? <laughs> like, like said, Daryl has no clue, and he's, like, bringing him up. So that was one of the lines I like. And then the other line I really liked was when Angela roasts Michael, and she nails him pretty good. I forget what the line was, but it was about his intelligence. And Michael counters with, hey, I don't go make burgers where you work and tell you how to make burgers. <laughs> Uh, and no one, everyone's straight faced in the, in the audience. Completely straight faced. Obviously, what he's trying to do is do the old thing: is hey, I don't come down to where you work and heckle you, but he completely mangles it. Okay, good for best lines. I think that's good. All right, let's let's move on to trivia. I'm ready. Okay, you want me to hit you first? Yes. Okay. When Michael announces the idea of the roast, he says, "You can make fun of me." For anything you want to, but then he he has these clarifying like categories. Right, he says, he says I, don't, can, I don't want to write my the material for right, you. Already. Right, but he says maybe you want to make fun of my, and then he lists three aspects about him that you're allowed to make fun. All right, of so my. I know two. One yep. womanizer. That's right. The fact that I'm so fit. That's right. And I don't know the last one. The last one. one was subtle at the beginning. He said, my race. Oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Just like absurd because he's white. He's Scottish English or something. I don't know. So when Andy takes the occasion to roast Michael, he does a song and it's to the tune of the romantics, What I Like About You. And instead, it's What I Hate About You. During the course of that funny song, what other staff member of the office gets mentioned? Stanley just <laughs> tried to die just to get away, but it's true. <laughs> Thank you. Stanley tried to die just to get I away. I feel like they wrote the song around that line just because it's so I good. Like I, I, I was like, at the end of that whole series of lines, I was like, wow, that one line just kind of sh- shined for the rest of them. Right, exactly. And my last trivia question is at the uh, end sequence, Michael comes back to the office he roasts each one of his employees, and they're all very funny. He hits everybody with kind of a, a zing one. They're line. all very good. They're all very good. What line does he roast Pam with? That's my question. Pam, you failed art school. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> good. Very. I good was job. just thinking, like, yeah, did he roast Pam? And then you said that he did. It so was more. It was one of the more subtle ones. He just threw in there. Pam, Those are great trivia questions. Pam, right. 
Pam, you failed article. Roast My it. favorite one still has to be, where's Angela? Angela. Oh, I couldn't see you under that grain of rice. <laughs> Boom, roasted. Right. All right, All right I have some I'm trivia for, for you. you. I'm ready. First. Okay. When, when Dwight goes up to roast Michael, at the beginning, he doesn't go up to roast. He goes up to, in his honor and says, you all should be bowing down to him. He's, right, he's defending He's Michael. your superior. Yeah. But then Michael starts calling him idiot, idiot, idiot. Right. And... My Dwight responds and says, "You like weak, weak man. You got, you have no blank, blank, and blank. Oh, he okay. lacks Good three question. things. Right? He says you have no friends. Mm -hmm. Is the second one family? Yep, family. And the last one is land. Because <laughs> <laughs> Dwight, because Dwight doesn't respect anybody who doesn't have land. Any land for, for some strange reason. Right? That's a good one. Okay. Dwight also when Michael's out for work." He doesn't come back the next morning, and Dwight says, this is bad. This is bad. Michael always shows up to work. I would say he's either doing what? Either what or what? He has two things that he could possibly be doing. Or wow, I'm drawing a blank. He is, I don't know. So he says Michael could either be deeply depressed right. or he could have been standing under that icicle. Oh, <laughs> and the icicle gouged yeah. him in the eye when because he has this strange knack to, to just watch icicles directly under them. Right. He stands under icicles and he looks up. And uh, by the way, that I, I've read somewhere that that's actually a thing, that people actually die from icicles, maybe not into their eyes. but Yeah, but, it's dangerous. Yeah, it's dangerous. Seriously. All right. So Dwight was right. And then finally, yes. where does Michael say the pigeons went? Oh, the, <laughs> the pigeons went west for the winter, yeah. right? <laughs> the pigeons yes. flew west for the winter. Yeah. It, that's, I mean, it's almost like the writers of The Office are so brilliant. They throw in these little, tiny little yeah. lines. And how many times does Michael put his foot in his mouth in an episode? I mean, just like dozens. And dozens. it's like such things that us diehard fans like pick up so easily and like, you're like, oh my God, that's so funny. But that yeah. would be like glossed over by like the person that's watching it for the first time, I think. You know, yeah. And this is why, and this is sort of a mini hot take before we get to hot takes is maybe that's why The Office is so rewatchable is because you, you can actually pick up little details each time that you Absolutely never saw right. before. Right? Absolutely right. Yeah. All right. So that's, that's the end of the trivia, right, Greg? Uh, yeah. We, okay. okay. What are we moving on to now? Well, what do you think? We go right to MVP. Why don't you start, Griff? My MVP. There's absolutely no way you have the same MVP as me. Really? Okay. Because my MVP is Stanley. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Good one. Very good one. Because he's not like a main character in this episode. Usually I go for like people that carry the episode. Mm -hmm. But Stanley has some great, great lines, some great moments. Mm -hmm. So probably his best moment is because he starts absolutely dying when Michael roasts him. Do you remember what the roast of Stanley is? Yeah, this I wrote this down, and this is actually my hot take, which which we can. I'm oh, sorry, well, no, that's you. okay. That's okay because we do this. We'll take things out of order if need be. Yeah, Michael roasts him by saying, "You're you crush your wife during sex, and your heart sucks." Is that it? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Go ahead. And then okay. Stanley just starts dying laughing. And before the room had been kind of silent, people were like, oh, these are kind of funny, I guess. But like, is he just really, really angry at us? But yep. then Stanley turns it into a, like a not mean spirited thing. He turns it into like a nice gesture and it starts to bring the room together. It's a great, great call for MVP. Um, yeah. I'll expand more when we get to the And then next, he also 
he just makes a couple funny faces during the the show. Not that you can see it on the podcast, but mm-hmm. when Michael is introducing the roast, he says some like derogatory thing to Stanley, and St- Stanley turns and has like this funny funny face. Yep. And then also when during the during Andy's song, Mike Stanley's mentioned, and Stanley right. makes a funny face when he he's does. next to his wife. <laughs> so just for those reasons, They're very good, yeah, very good pick. Who's your MVP? My MVP was Michael. I tried once again not to overthink it. He, it, it's a real soul-searching episode for the character of Michael. A lot of of funny lines, a lot of retorts. He's he's up there for a roast, and he's doing his own rim shot like over and over again to try to save the thing. But I guess the the real reason I picked Michael was because it's just it is one of the few. There are a few like serious moments in the office. There are actually probably about two of them. In, the, in this episode, one of them has to do with Jim and Pam. But the other one mm-hmm. is when Michael staggers off the stage at the end of the roast, he is genuinely shattered. Yes. He genuinely thought this was going to be a fun celebration for his office. He is, I mean, he's a fool, and he's actually not necessarily the nicest guy in the world, but he does want to bring joy to the office, and it all flies back in his face. Mm-hmm. And that moment where he sort of like pauses and then staggers and then... He's like on the verge of tears. He's on the verge of tears, yeah. Which brings me to a bonus uh, trivia question, which I forgot to ask during the trivia segment. And a trivia question, if, if you will allow it, will you yes, allow please. it? Yes, okay. please. I love it. Okay, so it is the identical question I asked on a previous episode. How many people shed tears in this episode? During this episode? Yeah, and I actually wrote down, let's see, one, two... Four. I wrote down four. So I take it Pam qualifies. Pam is one, absolutely, because uh, that's the moving moment where she realizes that Jim really loves her. Jim says, well, your dad told me that his wife never lit up the room to the extent mm-hmm. that she should have every time. She, anyway, whatever. Jim um, doesn't qualify, though. Jim doesn't. He, I don't know. Those Was that, well, those tears? Or those, I don't know. Yeah, he was, it was close. Sad, happy, whatever. Right. Obviously, Michael. Michael, absolutely. And then the other two. You definitely went deep for these. I, I did. Know. I did. I don't you, know. When you hear it, you're going to know. One, we we just talked about Lily. Lily. Oh, Jack <laughs> Black, of Jack course. Black. And then the last one is who was who was observing this Lily? Andy. And Andy, Andy Bernard, right? Andy Bernard is completely moved to tears watching this silly Jack Black, Cloris Leachman movie. Okay. That's great acting, too. Yeah. Ed Helms, when oh, he, sure, he's watching yeah. that, that's just funny, funny. Yeah, yeah. So my so I talked about my MVP. So let's go to our uh, next category, which is right here coming up. Here we go. And yes, it's time for the sleeper. So we picked the character who you might not think would carry an episode who turned out to absolutely do so. What do you got? It's funny that you just mentioned this character, but Andy is my sleeper. That's mine too. That's mine too. Yeah, wow. we love you, Andy Bernard. Go Big Red Cornell. Obviously, we have the same stuff here, but... His reaction to the movie is priceless. Yep. That crying, that uh, yep. it's so funny. Yep. And then the scene where he says that he could be a critic. Yes, that, you you and I wrote down the exact same. Let's thing. play the we scene at least. Let's play it. Okay. So what? So set it up for us, Griff. So during the he, course of the episode, this is building, right? Right. It it kind of got its foot started in the first episode of Stress Relief Part One, right. where Jim and Pam are talking about their. Pam's parents mm-hmm. during the middle of the movie and Andy isn't picking up on it and thinks that there's some movie geniuses. Right. So then when Pam has like this moment with his with her mom with her dad, sorry, and the dad explains why she he's moving out and he comes she comes back upstairs, 
she is talking to the camera afterwards and says like my parents my our kids are gonna have their parents be soulmates or something like right, that right, right. and then says something about a love affair and right. Andy in the background like throws his papers up on the air Great because moment. it's another like another time when he doesn't understand anything she's saying and thinks that she's so much above him but then he has this little side panel where he talks about that he couldn't be a movie critic but he could right. be a critic of other things right he's completely misinterpreted that Jim and Pam are talking about something else he thinks they're interpreting the movie in some brilliant way so he says this maybe I could be a food critic these muffins taste bad <laughs> or an art critic that painting is bad <laughs> That's pretty much it. But yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I wrote down these muffins taste bad as a possible greatest And that's line. that's my Dundee from last time. My Dundee was the yeah. clueless critic. Yeah. Because <laughs> she has no idea at all times. She has no idea what he's saying. And you kind of feel for him a little bit. That's a good one. All right. Yeah, so we share the same sleeper. Wow. So all right. That might be the first time we've shared the same sleeper. I know. I usually go like really obscure with my sleepers. Yeah. Well, at first I had Stanley as a sleeper, but I crossed that out. And so... Oh, there you go. We've covered the, the highlights. Mazel, yeah. Mazel. We'll, we will return with a deleted scene in a moment, but first let me take a minute to tell you what we do here at the Boston Podcast Network. How would you like your own podcast? We can produce one for you, even if you're still in quarantine. I hope you aren't people, but if you are, we do podcasts remotely. Go to pod617.com. We have studios in Westwood. We have the capabilities to record you from wherever you are and patch your guests in. A great podcast will help you deliver a message, build relationships, clients, and centers of influence will delight in being a guest on your show. Go to pod617.com to start planning. Be part of the pod revolution, pod617.com. In pod, we trust. All right, Griff, you ready for a deleted scene? Absolutely. We scoured through some of the deleted scenes from this episode. So this one comes from the segment where they are doing the roast, and Kelly Kapoor has taken the stage, and this is what didn't make it into the episode. Here we go. Hey, everyone. Guess what? Michael dyes his hair. I know this because I was standing outside next to him in the rain, and some of it dripped in my arm. So I went upstairs, and I compared the drip to some stuff online, and guess what it is? Clairol Natural Highlights Midnight Black. No. <laughs> you're so busted, Michael. You should totally have gray hair by now. Who do you think you're fooling, anyway? And you should also have a cane, because you're like the same age as my dad, and he uses a cane. No, I'm not. I went to take my little sisters to go see Twilight, and at the movie theater, I ran into Michael, and I said, what are you here to see? And he said, an action movie. And I said, which action movie? And he made one up. And then I saw him in the theater in Twilight, sitting next to a woman, and I think it was his mom. <laughs> it's an action movie. It's about vampires. Oh. The only man. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> wow, that that just goes to show you it could have been even more heartbreaking. That would have been like, more like more of an awkward one because yeah. usually the roasts are just like kind of mean spirited, but right. that was like like painful to sit through kind of roast there. Yeah, and poor Michael. Like, what's wrong with taking your mom to see? Well, I guess they're a little weird taking your mom to see Twilight because it's a love story of young people. But anyway, yeah, that's a weird one. All right, so there's our deleted scene. All right, we're going to move to shrewding it. I really shrewded it. And what we do here is we poke holes in the episode, things that we think might be inconsistent or they might have actually missed something. Griff, what do you, you want to start or you want me to start? You start. You, start. you usually pretty good on these. I, I like these. I, I like being a little bit cynical, even though the show is, is my beloved show. So this is really a nitpick, but when Kevin in the break room is sort of 
after the roast, the the employees are sitting in the in the break room, realizing that Michael has not shown up to work, probably because he's so crestfallen after the the roast. Kevin brings out a sock, and he's talking like a sock, talking with a sock puppet, mm-hmm. sock puppet, continuing to make fun of Michael, like. And Oscar said that reeks. It, like, did Kevin just take off his sock? Like, who does that? <laughs> Would you do that? Would you take off your own sock to be, Or did he if have not, a sock? It's a clean sock, and then it wouldn't. There you go. That's my point. That's Thank that's you. my only question. At one point, we already we. I don't know if we talked about this, but Michael is is telling Daryl all the stuff they need for the roast. He says, we need alcohol. And I'm just wondering why he's telling Daryl. Daryl is like the warehouse guy. He's not going to be the one ordering the booze for the party. It did get there, yeah. though. Yeah, there well, was yeah, beer there at the you're end. Right, you're but right. But I take it Daryl did not actually do that. Like, Daryl's just a warehouse guy yeah, setting up the stage. Yeah. This is uh, more of like a, I would have left it out than an actual shrewding it. But when Pam concludes her roasting of Michael, she said, and by the way, I walked into his office once and he was naked, and, which which actually happened. It was one of these mm-hmm. weird, awkward moments. And Michael's it was getting, in the fun run. In the fun run, right, when Michael's getting changed into his gym shorts. And she accidentally sees his pee-pee. And she says, and it's so small. And then someone, like, yells something out. And she goes, if it were an iPod, it'd be a shuffle. Which, okay, so that's a funny joke. I just thought it didn't land. Like mean-spirited. So like, mean. Like, didn't land. It wouldn't be something Pam would normally say, I don't think. Absolutely. Absolutely. You agree? Okay. And then everyone's in support of it, too. Like, yeah, you don't think laughs. anyone would. Like, even Jim, like, comes back and, like, high-fiving her. Like, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. And my last one is when Daryl gets up to roast Michael he he's very very mean too. He just picks out a member of his staff. On that's the a warehouse. funny one. I don't think that's mean. Okay. That's a great roast. All right. And he says he points to one of his colleagues and says, "What's his name?" Knowing that Michael is not going to know what the guy's name is. Right. And turns out the guy's name is Michael, which is just. And he iron. drove him home from he, work the well, other day, right. so he should have known. My only nitpick is the guy's name is on his, his uniform. Yeah, it's yeah, right there. It's right there. So if Michael, I don't know if it was too far to see from where he's sitting. If but he really wanted to see, he probably would have been able to look for it. Yeah. I think at least. Yeah. Okay. So there are my, those are my shooting. Those are pretty good. One of my nitpicks here is, so Dwight, the, the little subplot here is that Dwight's out for signatures for his statement of regret. And yeah. like no one has signed it because he won't really state his regret. There's two things about this that... Oh, I had this too. I just, I couldn't read my own writing, but go ahead. Two things that I found was, one, he uses it as a sign-in sheet for the... The roast? For the roast. Yep. And he's gotten, like, no signatures up to this point. He's gotten, like, Toby and he's gotten Michael. Mm -hmm. And then by the time he gets to... By the time we see it, Oscar just signed in and Kevin just signed in. And then Phyllis turns over like the top of the page and sees that it's actually a statement of regret. It's right. not his, it's not a sign in sheet. And she says, This isn't like the sign in sheet. And Dwight says, My last signature. He could not have gotten all the people in the office right. before that. And also, how would he know that he had already gotten everyone in the office? Like it's a little, little far fetched, I think at least. Yeah. And then the other thing I have is that it's taken him days for him to get this paper back. Isn't he supposed to have it back within like 24 hours or something like yeah. to really make sure that he did this right? Yeah, it's it's a funny subplot, but it it just strains credulity, as a lawyer would say, because if why would people not sign it like and why did why does he have to get if he he should maybe just get his manager to sign it to prove that he actually did it. Instead, he concocts all these different ways. The The last footnote I had on that one was. The, the, when he gets Phyllis's signature, as you mentioned, 
he he apparently hires someone to pose as a delivery yes. guy who then gives Phyllis a box which turns out to have nothing in it. She signs, and then what happens immediately after that? She signs it. He and then, rips it away from her with a string. But he's got this, like, fish wire or something that he yanks it. Why did he have to do that part? If he hired the guy, <laughs> if he hired the guy to get the signature, why did he have to dramatically yank it's the... A, the... The pen's already on the paper. Exactly. Like, you don't need to, yeah, like you're some done. dramatic effect. Exactly. That was that was one of my shooting it's that I forgot to bring. My final shooting it, which Go is probably it. the best. I always save my best shooting it for last. You do. When Michael is at the park and he's trying to feed the pigeon, Yep. What do you see in the background? Kids playing, I guess. Yep. Why are why are kids at the playground in the middle of the day on a weekday? I guess it could have been recess. But Wait, no, but, he's not at school. It's like a local park. Oh. Yeah, you're right. They wouldn't let him onto a school. Grad, that's a they, great they should be point, at school. Chris. Thank yes, you. Yes. Thank you. Wow. Wow. We're going deep here. We're through the looking glass here, people. Yeah. That's a good one. All right. We we move on. Only a couple categories left, and we are up to the uh, George Foreman Grill hot take of the week. Put the bacon on. Watch out for your foot. Okay. I think I've already talked about my hot take, and I'll just expand on it briefly. The moment where Stanley starts to laugh at, towards the end of the episode, where Michael's roasting all of his employees, tensions are still high. It's, it's I'll, I'll actually expand a little more. It's like a, a double hit because the, the tension starts to break when Andy makes a face at Michael after Michael says, hey, Andy, Cornell called. They said you suck. Andy <laughs> makes this, this just sort of, it's a great little acting moment where it's a nervous smile. Like it's the equivalent, yes. like a nervous, but, but he's looking around thinking, well, I guess it's okay to laugh at this. Mm -hmm. And then that sets the stage. And then when he makes fun of Stanley, you've already discussed it. But Stanley cracks up. It breaks the tension completely. And all of a sudden, I, and my hot take is that was a turning point in the episode and the season. It helps Absolutely. Michael win the, win the office back. If Stanley yeah. did not laugh there, I think the jokes don't land as well. And they still, like the, yeah. the office is still in jeopardy because right. people still don't feel comfortable there. Right. I think. And it's doubly powerful because this is a reversal of character for Stanley because earlier in the show, there was an entire episode, that the, the Did I Stutter episode. Mm -hmm. That was earlier than this, right? I'm pretty yes, sure. Yes, it was sure. because it was in the flashback right. of the injury. That's right. Or uh, yeah, the yeah. fire. The f and whatever. No, it was part one. It was right, right before this. It was I'm sorry. Right, it was in right this. before this. Right, yeah. So there you go. No, I didn't know either. That's fine. But the Point being, oh, you know what? It all wraps up. I didn't realize it, it wrapped up this nicely because we, we've just seen earlier, we saw Stanley many times express his disgust for Michael mm -hmm. in that episode, the Did I Stutter episode. It's really heartbreaking when Stanley just tells him flat out exactly what Michael feared. I don't respect you. I don't think you're a good boss. Uh -huh. And they come to some sort of accord. But this moment I is think the one. I think it's kind of like a symbolic moment yeah. of that because we were all a little scared that Stanley was going to die during the heart attack right. and he wasn't going to be able to stay stress-free. And I think it's like a symbolic thing, like he'll be fine. Like he can laugh at this stuff. He'll, he'll be able to work his way in the office. He'll be fine. And in classic Michael Scott fashion, to put the cherry on top, he awkwardly says, Laughter is the best medicine, so you can throw away those pills, Stanley. <laughs> then says, actually, don't throw, don't, away those. don't throw away those pills. <laughs> right. So what's your hot take? My hot take is that Michael held up very well during the roast. Okay. Because 
numerous people came up to this roast. And as we've said before, this wasn't like a nice thing. They weren't on the Comedy Central. They're like nice. They say stuff that they love about him, but they also like hit him with the the tough stuff. People just came up here and like threw Michael under the bus and right. were like horrible to him. And he still up there was able to maintain his composure and yeah. didn't break down until all the way after when he had to speak. Right. I think. I was proud of Michael that he didn't storm <laughs> off beforehand. Yeah, well, you're right, and it just it just goes in a, in a in a show as farcical as this one is. The you only see the true character here and there, but he, you're right. He hung in there. He tried he tried to play along. Yes, with, he. That's what makes it so much is so sad is every little moment along he's trying to play along with the laughs, but eventually you just know that no one's doing it in a nice way. No mm-hmm. one no one is doing as Michael requests. Towards the end of your comments in the roast, you're supposed to say something nice about the person. No one ever does. And it's played for comedy when Jim is up there because Jim starts talking about how Michael makes up these phony words. And Michael says, oh, I know where you're going with this one. Jim says, do you? And he says, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a, that's a, a good take. Thank very, you. very Thank good. You. Very good. Okay. So we are up to our final category, which is giving out a couple Dundies. You got a Dundee? I have a good Dundee here. Okay, good. My Dundee for the the ancient quality assurance goes to Creed Bratton. <laughs> Creed Bratton, because yeah. it's due to that scene at the end when Michael tells the office that he's taking a personnel day. Right. And Creed <laughs> says, oh, he's dead. And Jim says, no, well, he just sent a text. Right. And what, is, what does Creed say? What's a text? Yeah. Creed doesn't even know what a text is. doesn't know what a text is. Also, he was in an iron lung at one point. <laughs> doesn't, doesn't know how blogs work also. Right. Because, because Ryan sets him up with that Word document. A Word document that Creed thinks is a, is a blog. That's a good one, Griff. Thank you. Very good, Dundee. My Dundee is just best uh, prop, and it's, it's a quasi-recurring prop. It's, it's a little subtle, but in the background of this episode during the roast, there's a huge blown up picture of Michael with, with a less than attractive look on his face. And to me, it just reminded me of, I don't think it was the same photo, but do you remember another episode where there's a big and large picture of Michael played for sort of fanfare? No? His birthday? Yes. Thank you. Good, when Bob he Griff. wants You're everyone to come like sign it? Yes. And the photo is just, in that one, it was even more awkward. It was like a, just a strange kind of almost surprised look on his face rather than, yeah. like, apparently he doesn't have any good headshots, Michael Scott. So I guess that's my, Dundee was a good one. best recurring prop. I think we're done, Griff. I think that think? was a solid episode. Right. It, was, it was solid, absolutely solid. We thank you for listening to That's What They Said. Please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Share this podcast with another person who loves the office this is a production of pod617.com go to that website if you'd like your own podcast and finally i ask you why is jack black in an episode of the office why does creed not know what a text is and why is michael still waiting for youtube to show up to his roast why because that's what they said griff that's what they said that's what they said (laughs) 